When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I wish you could just shut your big yapper. And now it's time for a long walk to Cleveland, hosted by Rudy Povich. Good luck finding a DJ who can move and shake like this. On Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and live every morning on Instagram. That shit sounds pretty good on blow, mixed with tequila and wine on an empty stomach. Good morning, everybody. How are you? This is a long walk to Cleveland. My name is Rudy Povich. Thank you guys for joining me. First off, I gotta say what up to Kira, to BJ. What's happening, my man? What's up, Josh, Bellamy, Jack, everybody, Maximilian, Jan, everybody hopping on to uh, the live feed. All you gotta do is just hop on to Instagram. It's just at Rudy underscore Povich. Find me on there. We just go live every single morning. Uh, today on the show, talk a little bit about OnlyFans. Are you subscribing? Probably not much longer. Uh, Also, merchandise. You want to find some? You should, because right now, as you can see in the live feed, wearing my A Long Walk to Cleveland t-shirt. Got my nifty little A Long Walk to Cleveland coffee mug. All that stuff and more, you can find it on my website. It's just rudypovich.com. Good morning, Mira. Hi, Tara. What's up, Boopty? Wyatt, Chad, Amanda. Nice intro. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Now, uh, I had to voice that thing myself because the gal who's going to be voicing the intro for me couldn't get to it today. It was a little late. Not on her fault. It's on me because I don't know if you guys know this about me. Kind of a procrastinator sometimes. (laughs) On all the things that don't matter, I try to do the thing. I was told one time at a convention about your time and how time is like one of the only things that we really truly have in life, right? I mean, you're going to make more money Friends are going to come and go. Family members eventually are going to pass. But time is really the only thing you have in life. And what you do with it is so precious, especially when you get a little bit older and you kind of start figuring it out that you have to sort of delegate it a little differently. You know, I feel bad sometimes when I go to do shows and, you know, you are, I don't know, third on the bill. And you're, you get done doing your thing. And it's not like, you know, if they were paying you to be there all night, it'd be one thing, but you're staring at a bunch of kids. Like you got to be like 10 other guys that need to get up before you who uh, are still need to get on the, on the stage and do their sets. And you feel bad because you want to get out of there. And that's technically the wrong thing to do. You try to stick around as long as you can, but a lot of these kids don't have responsibilities to go back to. Some of us are having to, you know, pack it up, get back to like our lives, do the shit that we need to do. We got work, we got deadlines, we got responsibilities. So sometimes you have to be able to delegate that. And yes, it sucks to have to just like pack all your shit and leave. That part sucks. But uh, trying to like figure out your time, man, you know, all the things that need to have like a deadline coming up, you do all those things first. Things that are very pressing, you do those next. The things that you can just sort of like get to them when you get to them, like weeding the garden, that's the type of stuff you should do last. However, that type of shit is the stuff you walk outside one day and you're like, I should just pay somebody to do this. I'm not going to weed this garden. Are you kidding me? Christ, I'm far too busy for that. Uh, Olena, good morning to you. Hi, Lindsay. Hi, Kim. Lynn saying what up. Mira, everybody uh, hopping on to the 
uh, August 24th show over at House of Comedy. Thank you guys so much. I still think I got like two or four passes left for that. But if you want in, just shoot me a line. I'll get you on the guest list. Uh, shows at 730 House of Comedy at Mall of America. Also September 9th, a Thursday night over in, I always screw this up, but West End. That's what it is. West End, St. Louis Park, Twin Cities Film Fest, playing my short, raising a daughter, and then doing some stand-up afterwards. Good morning, Scooter. Beaker. Scooter's on the list for Tuesday. Hopefully we see everybody out there. It should be fun. Uh, if you guys didn't see the news yesterday, I know a bunch of people have been talking about it, but man, talk about shooting yourself in the foot. Or in the boob, for this matter. I, I'm, why, why was OnlyFans getting rid of the only thing that brings people to their website? The sexual content. Why the hell are... Why would that's like your is that not your business model? I mean, maybe we don't see what's going on behind the scenes. When when OnlyFans started, it, no joke, it was like something for like music fans. If you wanted to be closer to the band that you dug, you got an OnlyFans. You know, all the people that you really I think it was like uh, what was her name? Joan Osborne was like one of the first people on OnlyFans. And then just like everything else, because we're so goddamn gross American. We just mudded up with all of our porno. Hot soccer moms from the suburbs showing a little bit of leg just to make a few extra bucks because they, you know, their rich ass husband decided to leave and now they're stuck in their 40s, like trying to figure out how to make a dollar, but they're too goddamn busy toting their kids around. So when the kids go to school, mom throws on a little bit of lingerie, charges some, you know, schmo five bucks a month who's living in Timbuktu, and now she's making a living. And now they're like, no dice. What are you doing? OnlyFans, why would you do this, man? Why I I'm so floored by it. I don't I don't it's like a lumberjack company being like, we're gonna get rid of axes because we think that axes aren't humane to the trees. Like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? That's how you make money. I'm so floored I'm I don't know, Beaker. I thought it was only for sexually explicit content. Obviously, never been to the site. No, when that thing originally started, it was for it was for bands. It was for musicians. It was a way for them to do like individual private shows online for the people that wanted to pay to see it. And then somebody got on there and was like, I'll just show my titties for five bucks a month. <laughs> and it just exploded. There was all, that's, I'm not kidding when I say like, there were people and like, especially dudes, dudes were like getting down to their skivvies and showing off all the goods and making like, ton- there was one guy that I had heard in an interview one time, like $14,000 his first two weeks on, on OnlyFans. I mean, you know, he was like 27, super ripped, look good in a Speedo. So I get it. People like just clamoring for that stuff. And there maybe there's just something about maybe not knowing somebody like in the line. Like if it was Tom Hanks, he'd kind of be like, eh, it's a little weird. But maybe there's some sort of like weird voyeuristic I don't know this person. They're kind of a nobody, but here we see them. Yeah. Um, OnlyFans, Mira says, explicit content, Patroon? Patroon. Exclusive content, cameo, curated video. My thoughts. Curated video. I don't think I know what Patroon is. Uh, You're talking about Patreon? Is that Patreon, maybe? Mm -hmm. Maybe? I don't know. Oh, Patreon. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Patreon exclusive. There's a few people out there, and I've been trying to, like, figure out the best means to do... Because my big thing is, 
we've built a nice little community here at A Long Walk to Cleveland. And I want to be able to make a buck, but I also don't want to charge the people who have helped us get here. You know what I'm saying? It's it's kind of this fine line because now you're asking the people that helped build this thing, you're asking them, hey, could you throw a couple of shekels into the pot? And I don't want to do that. And I'm trying to figure out a way to be able to do that and bring on the new people who'd be willing to pay. And I'm sure there's people a part of this community who listen to this podcast, who go onto the live feed every single day. They'd be more than willing to throw their five bucks in as long as they got some exclusive content once a week, which I am more than happy to do. The only thing I don't want to do is once you start going down that route, now it feels like a handout. Now it feels like people are going... There's a lot of comedians that I know that are going down this route and they're like alienating the people that helped them get there because now they're like, all right, we've been giving you the drug for free. Now it's time for you to pay up. And their fans are like, dude, we helped you get here. Like, I don't know if there's a way that we can kind of backdoor people into the Patreon so that you guys don't have to pay, but you still get the exclusive. I'm going to, I'll look into it because there's like, there's a handful of people that have been with this podcast since the beginning. And now we're going on. I think like six and a half months, I think like episode 155 or something. And they've been there since day number one. So the last thing I'd want to do is be like, hey, so now you got to start paying for this shit. That's the thing I don't want to do. So I'll try to figure that out on my end. But I really want you guys to be a part of it. But at the same time, I don't know. Sometimes I stare at the gas gauge going down and I'm like, well, fuck, this ain't getting any cheaper. (laughs) We got to figure it out, man. So... But the way that can kind of help is you just sort of set up those things where you guys decide if you want it or not. You know, like that's why the merchandise works so well. You know, you guys decide if you want to be able to pay for it or not. I think that's sort of where we're figuring it out. You give all this content away for free and let that be the vehicle so that people come to the show, so that people come and they hang out and they buy the merchandise and they do the shit. Uh, Mira, I'd pay for a personalized rant. Ooh, cameo style, but... God, I don't, I guess I don't know if I'd be able to get on to Cameo. I feel like that's the domain already of Gilbert Godfrey. I mean, he just seems like the guy who just owns that thing. And it's, goddamn, it's expensive. We got, uh, who was it? Well, one of the guys that I work for had Lindsay Lohan, as a joke, had Lindsay Lohan do a Cameo for, it was like a two-minute Cameo, 500 bucks. And she, she barely said anything. It wasn't, it was nowhere near. I think he actually may have like gone to Cameo and been like, okay, dude, listen, I'll pay you 25. There's no way I can pay 500 bucks for her nine second little, hey, this is Lindsay Lohan. It's not even, it wasn't even personalized. It was fucking awful. It was so bad. I remember him sending it to me and me just going, oh, dude. I mean, I'm all about like building up people that have like hit rock bottom, but dude, you got to help yourself up a little bit there, Lindsay. Uh, let's see, Amanda, I feel like the real fans would pay it. You know, like I'm the same way though. I, like I look at guys that I really enjoy. I look at some of the comedians, like, you know, I'm, I'm known, I, not only do I work for, but I also think she does it right is Jesse Mae Peluso. Who's got like a great, uh, following on Patreon. Her content's amazing. Uh, Mark Norman, Sam Morell. It's five bucks a month and they dish. It's great. I love it. I really, I'm, I don't know. For me, I'm, I'm down with paying it. I feel bad asking for asking people to do it, but you're right. I guess if you're like a fan of a show, you would probably want to be included in all the exclusive content. Sometimes the problem is trying to get off your ass to make the content. <laughs> it's like eight o'clock at night and you're like, God damn it. I haven't posted anything yet. Fuck. 
Do I want to? No, I just want to sit on my ass and do nothing. And that's really what it all kind of boils down to. The thing I've been sitting on my ass and watching the most lately, if you want a good recommendation on a show, I am all in pushing my chips across the table on this show called Louder Milk. Ron Livingston, how have we not been watching this guy just win award after award? It is so goddamn good, you guys. Oh, Everything about it. Will Sasso, just amazing. His neighbor, I don't even know who the gal is, but she crushes it. But, oh, I, Ron Livingston needs to get all the awards. Just this pat, this next season, when we start, like, getting back into awards, just start giving it back, man. I'm telling you. Everything about that guy in this show is great. He's super funny. He's angsty as fuck. He's everything you want in a guy that was a former alcoholic. It, if you've ever gone through any sort of like drug addiction, oh yeah, Maximilian, we started watching it and we love it. Yes. I, I'm i kind of getting tired of watching 22-year-old people fall in love, aren't you? Doesn't, I mean, that's what it seems like every show nowadays, every movie is geared towards that demographic. It's like, I don't know, 40-year-old people still bang. Wouldn't it be nice to sit and watch people fall in love that maybe you missed their ship when they were in their 20s? It'd be nice every now and again, get a show like that. And that's what Louder Milk is. It it resonates with me so much. Making awful, terrible decisions. In fact, if you heard the intro this morning, you heard on there where he goes, that shit sounds pretty good when you're on blow and whiskey on an empty stomach. He's talking about Limp Biscuit, the band I loved when I was like 15. <laughs> I love everything about it. Will Sasso is so good, and there's so many great twists and turns and these nuances and these characters and these, like, B storylines that are... Ah, man. I love it. I love it so I love it so much that I'm sort of in a, an acquaintance. I don't know her very well. I've met her a few times. We've worked together on a few projects uh, down in Wisconsin. His Ron Livingston's sister is Jennifer Livingston. She's a news reporter in La Crosse, Wisconsin. I've known her for, I don't know, 20-some years. Sweet, one of the sweetest people on the planet. And I haven't talked to her in a long time. Like I said, acquaintances, not good friends. I think I had dinner with her and her husband, Mike, at some point years ago. We used to run into each other at events. I shot her a line this morning and just said, hey, I'm sure you're probably tired of hearing about how amazing your brother is. But I've been watching him in Louder Milk, and I am just so glad that material is out at a time when we all need it. Because you're watching a guy who is on par with us, going through some shit having a tough time trying to work his way through some bullshit and he's doing it flawlessly, not flawlessly. His acting in this is flawlessly and he's portraying a guy who has his ups and downs, his ebbs and flows when it comes to addiction. And regardless if you've ever abused, I mean, what, it doesn't even have to be a drug or alcohol. It could be gambling, could be sex, which by the way, I don't know if I agree with sex as a, uh, an addiction. I don't think I'm down with it. Because naturally, we are always trying to spread the seed, right? We're trying to get pregnant. We're trying to make babies. It's naturally in our DNA to be able to make the species continue, correct? So how can that be something that you... It's like water. You naturally crave water. You can't be addicted to it. Sex is the same thing. That's what I put it on par with. But anyway, kind of getting off track here. But it is, uh, it's so well done. Will Sasso is so good. Everything about it is just like, oh, man, I love it. 
I'm so like, just as I was watching it last night, I was kind of just like going through the, um, I don't know, maybe some of like the bigger moments, the highlights of life, if you will. And thinking about like meeting my old man for the first time. Cause there's an episode where Loudermilk has to like come to terms with his dad, kind of being a shit bag. And these moments where you're sort of like having to relive some of the things you did in your previous life. You know, some of the things he talks about and some of the people on the show, when you see them like relapse or you see them have a moment where they're like on the fence, should I or should I not drink? You know, uh, you kind of like put yourself in that situation again and you think about it and you're like, man, like for whatever reason, like those those situations really resonate with me. And maybe it's just because yesterday I did a podcast with a very funny comedian, a guy I just recently met. I didn't know. I've never, we didn't know each other until Saturday. His name is Chris Duke. Chris does a podcast called Chris and, and every week the and is somebody else, you know? So when my episode comes out in like two weeks, it'll be called Chris and Rudy. And if you have somebody on named Beth, it's Chris and Beth. And basically he just kind of goes through their mental states because Chris was a, and I'm not giving anything away, not telling tales out of school. He talks about this a lot on the podcast. 18 months ago, Chris checked himself into Hazleton and got clean. And he talks a lot about like the steps that it takes and how hard it is to stay on that path and what it does to you, not only just physically, but mentally. And we got into a great conversation. And next thing you know, two hours had gone by and it was like, we were still talking. At some point, I'm like, I got to, dude, you, because he lives way the fuck out of town. <laughs> That's why I'm like, I can give you noon on a Thursday, dude. I can't make it like five o'clock because it'd take me forever to get out there. That's like Los Angeles traffic times. So I said, uh, let's do it. And I will, uh, I'll come out, man. And we, and we just talked about like, you know, mental health and the things that you do to like try to keep your life together and, you know, two hours had gone by. And, I, and as soon as that episode comes out, I'll share it with you guys. I might even try to piggyback it onto one of my episodes if Chris is cool with it. And, you know, I, I don't know, for whatever reason, it was like we just clicked, you know, we just started chatting. And it was uh, it was like it was like kismet. It was like just two old buddies just hanging out from years back. Uh, Chris had gone on. I, I went on stage Saturday night. Did my thing. Chris went on like two comics after me. And then we were in the green room together. And next thing you know, man, we're just chumming it up. And he's a good dude and has like great stories and has lived life and has two beautiful kids and a dog. And, you know, he lives in like a uh, he's he's kind of doing the move that I like about society nowadays is you got all these kids that are like covered in tattoos, live a little bit more of a hellion lifestyle. And we're moving to the burbs. We're moving right next door to CEOs. We're moving right next door to people who are like middle management, making $150,000 a year. We're we're creeping on a come up, man. We're right behind you. Maximilian, it puts in perspective, you can't choose for other people, but what you choose still affects other people regardless of what choice you make. That's, yeah, I totally agree with that, you know? Um, one of the big things that you kind of have to look, a tattoo that I got, when I was like 23, um, it just says, it's right on my stomach. It says, you choose. It's as simple as that. Uh, everything in life is your choice. Regardless of what happens to you, you choose how to react to it. Um, with the paths that you take, the career choices that you make, the people you surround yourself with, it's all you. You know, you'll step on your... I've had this conversation many times with people about how, how is it that 
The same people just keep stepping on their own dicks all the time. You will constantly, you're the only one that trips you up. Yes, you're not going to agree with everybody. Yes, you're going to have a hard time working with some people. But when it all kind of boils down to it, it's really all you. It's a thousand percent you. You can blame as much of it as you want on everybody else. You know, that person didn't like me. Uh, that person had it out for me. Blah, 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 bullshit. You figure it out. You make that choice. You have to be able to decide where this is going. You know? If anybody's ever just like been in a job or been living somewhere and then just woke up one day and just went, I'm not going to do this anymore. And then you packed up and got the fuck out of there, dude. I know people think it's a cra- it's crazy, but in hindsight... Six months from now, it'll be the best choice you ever made. I was living in Manchester, New Hampshire. Moved as far away from my family as I possibly could. And not because of them, but just because of, you know, there was a job, there was an opening. I thought I would be a good fit. I got there. I realized in about three days, I was not a good fit. I tried to stick it out three months and I just went, fuck this. Just woke up one morning, went into work, packed up my stuff. You know, and back then, you know, you're like 24. Everything you own, you can fit in a vehicle. You know, I mean, nowadays, if I wanted to move, I'd have to, you know, Christ, get a goddamn U-Haul and some hair bleach and fucking goddamn pain in the ass. Uh, Olina, when it's the same story over and over again, you have to look and see if it's really you that is the problem. No, no, no. Yeah, you're you're right. Yep. There, There are times where people are the common denominator. But even in those instances, I still think that you are the one that needs to sort of, uh, Make those decisions for you, regardless of what their reactions are going to be. If you have to cut ties with somebody, hey, man. And a lot of times it's you making the decision because that person gave you no other option. You have no other choice. And you're not thinking this just like out of the blue one day, like, you know, gosh, this person is such a, it's not like this person was like a detail oriented person and got a ton of shit done and was super productive all day, every day. excuse me, and then out of nowhere, you just went, eh, this guy's a total fuck up. No, no, no. You've given this person nine chances and they still can't keep it together. So at some point you just have to go, all right, I'm out. I can't do it with you anymore. And, And not because I'm being a jerk. It's because you've given me no other option. It's because you have given me all of the reasons to think this way. And if you would have made better choices, if you would have been the one to... You know, maybe uh, put others in front of yourself. We wouldn't be going through this right now. But instead, here we are. (laughs) We don't have a choice. You're making me do this. So, I don't know. I I just, I found it to be very, it's a very interesting show. It's a very interesting topic. Um, I know that they've done shows and movies about addiction before, but none that are this humorous and have this great of storytelling. So please, I, I encourage you to go out, check out Louder Milk, man. I absolutely, absolutely love it. All right. What do you say we do it? It's Friday. We haven't done one in a while. Let's do one rant for the road, huh? This is a segment where we hop onto a random word generator online. It gives me one word and then I figure out some rant that needs to go along with it. So here we go. Random word generator hitting the button. Random word Rider. All right, Rider. R-I-D-I. Real quick. Uh, Lynn. Just went through this with one of my longtime friends. Toxic and drama. Feel better now that now that I've ended the relationship. There's nothing wrong with telling people that you just you have to break up. I mean, I've done it with a couple friends. It's like, dude, you're just far too cynical, far too negative. 
I've given you many chances to like get it together. I've offered you radio jobs. I've offered trying to get, get you in the door with places. And all you do is piss and moan. And now you live in an apartment by yourself with nobody. And you feel like it's the world's problem. And I, I can't help you anymore, man. I wish I could, but you've created this. All right, moving on to the word rider, R-I-D-E-R. So there's a couple of different ways you can go with this. But the one rider that I got, and man, this is the, when you work at a radio station and you have to deal with musicians, they will send you a list of all the stuff that they want. And a lot of times they'll give you like a, they might give you a heads up a couple of days in advance, but there's a lot of times where these people are like, it's just like out of the blue. Hey, JLo's coming to town today. She's going to be at Target Corporate. She's going to stop by because she's got a new album to promote. And here's what she wants for her three and a half minute interview. And on it, there's like 61 questions that you're not allowed to even ask. And you're like, well, what? Is-? I remember a buddy of mine, I mean, not to bring up JLo, but a friend of mine had to interview her. And it was the day after she had announced she was breaking up with Ben Affleck. And... She walks into the studio and her publicist is like, all right, here's all the questions you can't ask. And he's like, well, nobody wants to know about this shit. Nobody wants to know about her perfume or nobody wants to know what she's gives us. Nobody cares. We want to know about Ben. Why can't I can't even bring it up. I can't even say like, hey, sorry to hear about what happened in the news recently. Because if you if now if you don't now you're the person who is not doing their job. You don't need to hold people's feet to the fire, but you definitely need to at least acknowledge it. It's topical. It's huge news. It's trending on every single Good Morning America, NBC Today, all that shit. And you're not allowed to even talk about it? Fuck, man. That's the part that sucks. And then they give you these... There's a couple of people that have figured it out. Uh, I was listening to... Man, was it Bill Burr the other day? He was talking about his rider. And he was saying out in his green room, he just wants basically things that can be packaged that he can take with him. If he's going to be hopping on a flight, he wants a box of granola bars because he's going to eat one before the show starts and he's going to take the other four so that when he gets to the airport or when he gets on his jet, he's got a little snack. And I'm like, that's brilliant. But sometimes they like, they're like, I need an entirely dressed turkey with all the trimmings. I need a little bit of gravy. Could somebody go out? I need, I don't, I don't need like corn that was husked in September. I want like straight up October 15th harvested corn, okay? It's got to be from the 15th. It can't be pre-October. It can't be post It's got to be mid-October on the 15th. Like so many specifics that they ask for. And I know Van Halen used to do the whole thing about like, we want a bowl of only green M&Ms. And the reason why they would do that is because if the venue took enough time to sift through an entire bag of M&Ms to pick out only the green ones, then they would go ahead and they would play the show because then that venue took enough time to be very detailed about all the things that Van Halen wanted. I think that story is bullshit because there is not, there is not a band on the planet. I mean, for what those guys are making, this was, God, this was years ago. I mean, years ago. Who did the blow? This was like 1999, I think. I was working at a radio station. I had come up to Duluth, Minnesota, and I was doing a, I don't know, like a press junket for something or another. I don't remember what it was. But the the night before I was there, Hootie and the goddamn Blowfish were playing the deck, the Duluth Entertainment Convention Center. And I was talking to the promoter. And I said, wow, man, Hootie and the Blowfish tomorrow, huh? And he goes, Jesus Christ. He goes, can you believe it cost me $75,000 to get Hootie and the Blowfish to come play here? 75000 you divide that up between the band, what, there's four, maybe 
five members, you know, plus they got to play, they, they got to pay for crew and whatnot. Each band member's walking out of there with like eight to nine grand in a single night, right? I mean, what, maybe an hour and a half on stage? Maybe? Walking out of there with nine grand? It's a fucking good payday. You mean to tell me that just because somebody didn't sift through a bowl of green M&Ms, you're like, you know what? Sorry, guys, can't play the show. Plus, I don't ever remember hearing about Van Halen ever canceling shows because of this. It may have been in there, and if it if it may have been in the rider, and it may have been if they walked into the dressing room and didn't see it, maybe they went to management and went, what the fuck are you guys doing? What is this all about? How come this isn't what we asked for? But to cancel a show, it's bullshit. It's total bullshit. Listen, if you got a rider, if if you're rich enough and you got a rider and you're going out and you're doing all this stuff, don't put it on these people that are making like 15 bucks an hour to go out and get you fucking heavy on water, okay? These people got enough shit to deal with. It's hard enough keeping up with your fucking pampered ass. Don't make these people go out and work twice as hard. There was one time and there was a uh, Zach Wild. I don't know if you know that name or not. He's Ozzy Osbourne's guitar player. He came to Daddy's Junkie Music in Manchester, New Hampshire. On his rider, it said he needs a 12-pack of beer. So we went and got a 12-pack of beer. Just a, bottles. I don't remember what it was. But he looked at it and was like, and, not, and Zach's a cool guy, but Zach's like, I don't drink this. We're like, what do you drink? He's like, Heineken's. All right. Well, we'll try to get you some Heineken's. And then ran a nine liquors, because he wouldn't drink cans. It was bottles. He had to have bottles and it had to be Heineken. It's like fucking nine liquor stores, man. Like we got a promotion going on with all these people. We had no other interns with us at the time. It was just basically two promotions people. It was me and the afternoon guy. And now my ass is running to like nine different liquor stores because Miller Lite's not good enough. Fuck, dude, just plow through it. Later on tonight, you're going to be so goddamn drunk, you're not going to remember any of it if it was Heineken or not. So, dude, just please, if you get to that point in life and you're lucky enough to have a rider... Have somebody, you know, one of your personal guys just go, dude, that personal person cares enough about you that they will go and get it correct. Maybe that's what you do. You just tell the venue, listen, uh, for my rider, my guy will fulfill it, but you need to pay for it. I think that's what I would do because then my guy would know exactly what I needed. Because if I show up and I'm like, hey, dude, uh, I only eat Nature's Valley granola bars. And then I walk in and there's those like stupid kids dip chocolate ones. And I'm like, no, that's not what I said. God damn it. If I would have just sent Dylan, Dylan would have walked back with the Nature's Valley. God damn it. (sighs) All right. Rant over. There we go. I feel good about it now. Limes and lifting. It's one of my favorite Instagram handles, by the way. Uh, let's get back to what Alina was talking about. Alina, I have an ex who keeps moving from job to job. Always says it's because someone doesn't like him or they were mean to him, so he left mean to him. What the fuck? How old is this guy? Uh, I told him he's the problem, not his coworkers. Yeah. And listen, there's no shame in leaving a job because you know it's not going to go anywhere. There's a little bit of shame when you're leaving jobs because, you know, you feel like, oh, that person doesn't like me or blah, blah, blah. You know? And sometimes, listen, you can work your ass off. You can try to make it up the, the ladder as much as you can. It's just not going to work. Try to be a nice guy. It's just, it's, you're not a good fit. You just have to accept that. You know, sometimes the people who work the hardest are kept in those positions. I've told many of like people who are on the bottom rung at radio stations, tell people no. Tell people no all the time. Because what's going to happen is you are going to become that yes guy. And everybody's going to come to you for their shit. 
They're going to come to you and try to get itself work out of you. They're going to come to you and they're going to use you and you are not going to be able to like fend it off because you're just stuck there. So when there is a job opening that you could possibly move up to, they're going to think, dude, we can't leave our guy who says yes to everything. We can't move him because if we get rid of that guy, now we don't have a yes man. So don't ever <laughs> become that yes guy. Tell people no, stick to your guns, and eventually it works out. Make sure you find this podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify on Stitcher. And every single day at 9.45 a.m., we go live on Instagram. Thank you guys once again. I really do appreciate it. Have yourselves an excellent weekend, and thank you for taking a long walk to Cleveland. <laughs>
if they're listening. <laughs> I like that we're on. It's just clunky. It's so clunky. It doesn't um it, it doesn't run the way I'd like it to. It's it fires off. Like if you put out two episodes back to back, it doesn't. Oh, oh, louder milk. Oh, I see what you're saying, Scooter. Uh, that's on Amazon Prime. That is on Amazon Prime. But uh, let me give a jag about, <laughs> give a jag on um, uh, Apple Podcast. It's the thing that we all love, and it's a pain in the ass. Apple Podcast is a pain in the ass. It really is. It sucks to use. It's clunky. It doesn't flow right. It's tough to rewind, fast forward. It's not great. So, yeah. Um but uh, let's see who else. In here? Uh, Maximilian. No, she means louder milk. Yep, louder milk. Uh huh. Let's see. Mira. Pfft, someone's got to be worth it. I don't know. That's a long drive, man. Like I said before, look, my time is valuable. I'm not giving it up. Drive all the way to goddamn Otsego. Are you kidding me? Otsego. Otsego. You, you Otsego. Me go out the fucking door. <laughs> Oh my God, that was like a three whiskeys on a Friday night. Oh Lordy, uh, Amanda, whoo! Glad I don't live up there. Nah, it's a drive, man. It is. Oh, not a fan, but no, that uh, that podcast I did with Chris, Chris, and it was very, it was really good. I'm like, I'm. He's just like such an easy guy to talk to. We talked about all sorts of things about like you know, and I'm never the guy who gets to be interviewed. I'm always the guy interviewing. So when somebody's asking me like about my family and stuff, it was just like just regurgitating all these like feelings and stuff that never get out. So it's basically just two hours of us just talking about like how you keep it together, how you got to be in your 40s and try to, you know, live a life that is, you know, not chaotic like it was in your 20s. I mean, it blows me away when I see people that were like super put together in their 20s, you know, you'd meet somebody a potential suitor and they're like, you're like, so where do you live? And they're like, Oh, I got a house just on the South side. You're like, so I'm sorry, a house. Like, do you live with your parents? No, my house. Oh, so you must rent it from like a family member or something. No, no, no. I bought it. You're like, how old are you? And they're like 24. And you're like, what the fuck? Buying houses? 24. This is not monopoly. How can you afford such exquisite taste? It's like, dude, it's a house. Now you look back on it and you're like, no, it's super easy. It's not that tough. Uh, let's see. All right. So uh, I'm going to get out of here. Hopefully, maybe, I don't know. I'm going to be out in Dinkytown tonight for a while, just kind of hanging out before the uh, Stephen Lynch show. Maybe run into a couple of you guys. I'm so looking forward to this, man. I got to get out. Did you guys go listen to some Stephen Lynch? I hope you did. I hope you went out and you found some. You downloaded it because that guy is just like lights out the best. The best. The best. You know, since we're here, let's do it. I wonder if I could get away with it. I'll probably get kicked off of Instagram for it, but I don't give a shit. Whatever, dude. Um, what are we looking up? Um, Stephen Lynch, wedding singer. Let's see if we can find it. Um, what was the name of that song? It was... Gonna make you smile whenever you sing. Grow old with you. There we go. Grow old with you. Yeah, there we go. All right, let's play it. Ah, goddamn ads. Jesus Christ. Ah.
I wanna make you smile whenever you're sad. Carry you around when your arthritis is bad. Oh, all I wanna do is grow old with you. Get your medicine when your tummy aches. Build you a fire if the furnace breaks. Oh, it could be so nice growing old with you. I'll miss you, kiss you, give you my coat when you are cold. Need you. You hold the remote control. Oh, imagine singing that to somebody you love. Just sitting under a bridge with an acoustic guitar, just singing away. It's great. Oh, I could be the man who grows old with you. Oh, man. Tugs at the heartstrings, doesn't it? And to think Adam Sandler wrote this song, right? Oh. I hate people who sing on the radio, but fuck it, we're doing it. Oh, I could be the one who grows old with you. Wanna grow old with you. It's beautiful. Will you marry me? On one condition. We're singing my wedding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ah. Uh. Oh, man. All right. I'm going to get out of here go get prepared for the rest of the night and then go and enjoy myself. So, uh, Beaker might have to add this to the reception song list. Ah, Mazel Tov. Yes, please do, man. It's so good. Yeah. Amanda, I definitely shed a tear if someone sang that song to me. I'm a sucker. Yeah, those like little like three chord songs are just so nice. It just it doesn't take much, you know, just find some, if, if anything. Uh, Olina, this is a great song, isn't it though? Oh, it's so good. Adam Sandler wrote it. It was part of the wedding singer, not only the movie, but then also on Broadway. And, oh, it's so good, man. Yeah. Find somebody in your life that just say like, Hey, you know, it'd be really nice one day. Yeah. You got to do it now, but maybe one day down the road, could you just learn a three chord song and sing it to me? You know, just saying, that'd be nice. Super easy. Just, you know, G, C and E. There you go. That's all you need. It's all you need. And a hug and a kiss and a smile and a wish. All right, you guys, have a great weekend. Enjoy it. And uh, we'll see you back here on Monday. All right, take care. Bye.